people care about their car buying journey, provide your customers with an unparalleled chat and digital retailing experience with Goobagoo. Whether your customers are online or in-store, Goobagoo is there. See the magic at Goobagoo.com. That's G-U-B-A-G-O-O.com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. It's day two for us here at CES in Las Vegas, where powerful voices in the automotive industry are speaking to attendees and to those of us covering the show. A little later, we'll hear from Patrick Kohler, the CEO of Supplier Forvia, who says that CES isn't just the place to be, it's the only place to be. We've decided that um, we will no more participate to the other automotive shows, Hmm. Paris, uh, Frankfurt, Mm -hmm. uh, Detroit, and so on. We are concentrated on CES. But first, there's a lot of questions about how tech startups and traditional auto companies alike will raise funds with economic headwinds on the horizon. That's the reality that I think we're all in, whether you're a big company or a small company, is what investments are going to get prioritized right now with capital allocation being a constraint. We'll hear Jamie's conversation with industry executive Shauna McIntyre, who has spent years in the spaces where tech and automotive intersect. Shauna McIntyre began her career with Ford in manufacturing, then went to McKinsey and Company, where she focused on R&D productivity. More recently, she served as CEO of LiDAR Company, Sense Photonics, which sold to Ouster in 2021. She is currently a member of Lithia's board of directors. I caught up with her here in Las Vegas. Shauna McIntyre, welcome to Daily Drive. Oh, thank you, Jamie. Great to be here. So we're here at CES. Just a few years ago, this place, I, I can't, we can't come to CES without thinking about LIDAR. This place <laughs> has been so rich with LIDAR over the years. Yep. And of course, you were CEO of a LIDAR company yep. that uh, you sold, and, and that company you sold to Ouster, which is now buying Velodyne. Mm-hmm. Is this just a, a massive consolidation that's going to keep running through the uh, LIDAR industry? You know, it's a good question. I'm out of the LiDAR space now, but certainly when I was here a few years ago and I saw the massive amount of LiDAR companies, uh, that was, it was a very crowded space then and it still has a lot of players today. I think it comes back to the, the fundamentals of a company and is there a company that has been able to mass produce LiDAR already because that's what's necessary to really scale LiDAR to this next phase and get cost out while not compromising on the technology. Whatever company can do that is one that will will be here for the long haul. You know, we used to talk about it specifically as a tool for um, automated driving, fully automated driving. Um, and now it seems like the cost is coming down enough and some of the priorities maybe of automakers is shifting that it, it can really be used for advanced driver assist systems. Definitely. I think that's where the volume is going to be in the certainly in the near term horizon, near to medium term, is that advanced driver assistance can benefit with LIDAR. No question. It's decoupled from ambient light or from from requiring any sort of some additional light um, and it and the costs are coming down. So I do think that there's an opportunity there for for ADAS for advanced driver assistance. Very, very interesting uh, segment of the market. Yes. So you also had some experience at Electric Last Mile Solutions and you were a board member and you stepped in to help wind the company down after the CEO left. Are we gonna see a lot of shakeout, a lot of EV startups that went public via SPAC uh, have to 
you know, run out of cash and have to have to close up their doors? It's hard for me to know what's going on inside other companies. I do know that the demand for EVs, especially in that commercial vehicle segment, is massive <laughs> and much greater than any supply today. So I, I do see there being an opportunity for a number of companies. It has to be these companies have to be well run and really prioritize safety of the product. I think that's, you know, bar none is that they have that's table stakes. They have to be able to produce and sell a, a very safe, uh, reliable and high quality product. Yeah, hugely important, but also uh, for their own safety, they have to have a lot of cash. And it is not a, uh, we're certainly not looking at a stock market or an economy that's, that's throwing billions of dollars at EV startups anymore. That's true, and that's a headwind, and that's unfortunate. And that's the reality that I think we're all in, whether you're a big company or a small company, is what investments are gonna get prioritized right now with uh, capital allocation being a constraint. Mm -hmm. So, you know, of course, our audience is not just uh, tech companies and automakers, but also a lot of dealers. And you are on the board of the largest auto dealer in America, Lithia. What's that like? What's the vibe in that company? I enjoy being on the board of Lithia. Lithia is an inspiring company in the way it has been transforming itself from within, embracing technology, uh, really focused on the customer, what it needs, but allowing each of its dealerships autonomy and empowerment to run the business as they feel like they should. It's a, a uh, business that is 75 years old this year, <laughs> but nimble, smart, and, um, and very careful in, in how it allocates its capital and, and does so in a very prudent way. But it's showing the, the growth of driveway, the growth of the different products that, that Lithia has, the, the geographic expansion now that we have across the US, Canada, et cetera, that that is really uh, an, a growth engine mm -hmm. uh, that Lithia has, has really created. And what I love, one of the things I love about the company is the mission is pow growth powered by people. <laughs> and by empowering the people and having some of the best team, some of the most talented people in the world work for the company, um, it's allowing a lot of growth and perseverance through some some headwinds right now in the market. Well, it's grown so much, it seems like it's going to be kind of one of those uh, economic barometers. And we kind of are heading into what may be a pretty challenging time in the economy, especially selling large vehicles, uh, large large items that need to be financed uh, when interest rates are going up mm -hmm. so much. Mm -hmm. True, true. The vehicle is the second largest purchase anyone makes after a home. It's a big deal. And and we understand that at Lithia. And it's a, it is a barometer for the you know economic consumerism right now. Um, but people do need cars and um, they're, is hopefully with the chip shortage, you know, coming, you know, getting a little more normal, so to speak, <laughs> um, that there is an opportunity for that new car market to, to come back and, and have more, more in the new car market. But Lithia has diversified itself in multiple product lines. So it's not only, you know, it, it has robustness, I would say, in its business model. Yeah, very interesting company to watch. Yeah. Also interesting has been your career. Uh, you've been a lot of different Ford Motor Company, Google, uh, the ones we've already talked about. Um, what's next for Shauna McIntyre? No, that's a good question. Thank you. I think, no, I have my roots in the traditional industry, having started my career at a Ford plant overseas, driving lean manufacturing, then went into the tier one space, really built up uh, Honeywell's turbo, commercial vehicle turbo business. That was a lot of fun. And then went into the startup space. And then of course, Google <laughs> doing Google Automotive Services. So, you know, what's next is really about neat business models, opportunities to transform big or small companies. Uh, I am discussing companies with more scale, but transforming larger companies from within, I think is a, a spirit that I've had from the very beginning. And I love pushing boundaries and, and helping traditional companies be successful. All right, we'll stay tuned. Shauna McIntyre, 
auto industry professional, tech industry professional. Thank you for joining me on Daily Drive. Thank you so much, Jamie. Really appreciated having a chance to talk to you. Coming up, we'll hear Jamie's conversation with Forvia CEO, Patrick Kohler. That's next on Daily Drive. Slate Money is a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the world of business and finance. Hosted by Felix Salmon, Elizabeth Spires, and me, Emily Peck. Confused by crypto? Can't keep up with the metaverse? Wondering why the price of just about everything keeps rising? The Slate Money Podcast is here for you. Listen to Slate Money every Saturday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. People care about their car buying experience, and so do we. Provide your customers with an unparalleled chat and digital retailing experience with Goobagoo. Goobagoo is the leader in conversational commerce for the automotive industry. Our fully managed live messaging services instantly connect consumers to dealers anytime and anywhere through live chat, text, video, and more. Integrated with our fully managed chat, Goobagoo's virtual retailing platform enables consumers to buy cars online directly from the dealership's website through multiple channels. We are constantly improving the retailing experience and currently have over 100 integrations with CRMs, DMSs, and third-party applications. Goobagoo transforms the traditional car buying process into a modern, transparent, and seamless experience. Available 24-7, 365, our highly trained chat specialists are there to help. See it for yourself at goobagoo.com. That's G-U-B-A-G-O-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Rapid innovation is a must if the industry and major democracies hope to effectively fight climate change without negatively affecting economies or society at large. That's what Patrick Kohler had to say on stage here at CES earlier today. Kohler is the CEO of supplier Forvia, which is showing off many of its own innovations here in Las Vegas, including technologies to help cut carbon and a front shield that Forvia describes as self-healing. I caught up with Kohler after his speech here in Las Vegas. Patrick Kohler, welcome to Daily Drive. Thank you for your time. Oh, thank you for being here. So I want to ask you first about one of my favorite made-up words, fidgetal. Uh, You have a front fidgetal shield uh, that you're showing. And um, it was described in the, in the press release as, as self-healing under, under sunlight. What, what does that mean? You can get in a crash and it'll, and it'll fix itself? Or we're talking about more minor uh, scratches and things. Oh, it's scratches in general. Yeah. Uh, polycarbonate is coated. Uh, so it's a very uh, resistant material. Uh, but with uh, the sunlight, with the ultraviolet uh, uh, frequency, uh, wavelengths, sorry, uh, we can repair it. We can repair scratches. That's really interesting. And is that something that is in production, or do you have a do you have a go to market plan for that? It's sold, but not yet in production. Okay. And you, of course, you can't tell us who it's sold to. Too soon. We we won. Let me tell you, we won all uh, the German premium projects so far. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of German premiums. Mm-hmm. That's great. So. Another um, technology uh, that you're highlighting here is the um, SSL HD 
these are the, the headlights that were honored with a, a CES award. And that is going into production in a vehicle this quarter, right? Absolutely. Again, in a German sports car. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah, and, and this technology is interesting because it's uh, an LED technology, so it's a matrix. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you have a uh, very high level of pixels and you can use them to uh, um, distribute the light uh, where you want. First of all, you have more uh, compared with the conventional or the alternative uh, technologies, but on the top of that, you can distribute it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it allows, for example, to have world uh, headlamps, which are corresponding to all the different kinds of regulations in the different countries. Right? That sounds like a really important feature because I remember from the, the past, of course, Forvia is, uh, is a combination of Forcia and, and Hella. And I know, you know Hella's had a lot of great headlamp technology that they couldn't really use in the U.S. Uh, for various regulatory reasons. But this, as, uh, even though it's very cutting edge and, and new, uh, can be a global, a global headlamp. I think we, um, Hella was not very present in America, but not because of regulations. Mm. It was just because of uh, uh, market introduction. Uh, and I think that through technology, yeah, we are able to win new market share here in, uh, in the US. Mm -hmm. um, the other difference between the different markets, the two markets, uh, is the size of the vehicles in America. Mm -hmm. So you have space, you know, so you do not need uh, very sophisticated technologies especially for, for the headlamps. Yeah? But this is changing. When you look at Lucid Air, uh, we are equipping. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very tiny, it's very nice mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and small, and, and for which you need these technologies. What are some of the other use cases for these headlamps? It's not just that you can take less space with them, but they actually have some functionality that's unprecedented. Yeah, as you as we are speaking about pixels, yeah, you can uh, have you can distribute, but you can design messages, and you can project messages on the road uh, for safety, mm -hmm. uh, but also you know to uh, for safety first, you know, in, in limiting uh, where you have to go, rising attention of the driver, okay, because we the, the system has detected and potential danger yeah, or risk and so it's highlighted um, you can also depending on uh, the, the type of systems you have when you have a car coming on the other side you can attract um, the vision of the driver on the right hand side for example okay so it will not be disturbed by the car coming on the other side yeah? so Very you nice. can you can really play uh, with um, a lot of new uh, features um, regulations have to uh, allow it it's not always, it's not in all the regions and countries the case. Mm -hmm. But we also, I think, have to be reasonable. You know, what is um, fancy and, and what is really relevant? Mm -hmm. When you mention the, the risks and, and drawing attention, having the light drawn to it, that'd be like um, if a deer jumps out in the highway, it would spot, maybe spot it for you faster yeah, than your it, eyes would pick it up. In, in this case, it's too late, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> if it's by the side of the road. Yeah, but yeah. it's on, on, on the side of the road, yeah? yeah? And it's moving just a little bit. And you don't know what will happen. It's very important to put a lot of light in front of it, yeah? Because usually, it will stop it. You know, the, the, the animals are afraid about that. And they will, uh, you know, just uh, stay uh, where they are. Yeah? Uh, so I think that this is the type of things 
or, or if the animal is crossing, you have time because you can you can have very long distances here if you concentrate the light. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a really great breakthrough. And it's through artificial intelligence. It's uh, you know dri driven by software, so it's not something you have to uh, pilot yourself. You know? It's uh, it's an assistance to the driver and to uh, safety. Yeah, it would really um, bring your attention uh, to where it, where it needs to be when maybe you could be zoned out otherwise driving, cruising down the highway at night. Yeah, uh, it allows also to uh, send some messages to uh, uh, people uh, who uh, uh, are crossing the roads and things like that. You know, uh, you have five times more risks to have an accident at night than uh, during daytime. Yeah? So it's important that uh, the communication is functioning uh, uh, between the driver and pedestrians. So it's not just for um, you know flirting with a pedestrian or something. It's uh, actual safety messages you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So that is an upcoming technology. You have another one that you actually revealed or um, talked about the past quarter, uh, Materiac. We're really trying to look into uh, how the industry is working on carbon reduction. You know, of course, the EV uh, phenomenon and all that, but there's so many other elements to automaking uh, where carbon can be taken out. Ex explain to us how this um, material process works. So Materia Act, uh, the purpose of Materia Act is to use materials with a lower CO2. Mm -hmm. yeah? uh, lower or even negative if it's biosourced. Mm -hmm. yeah? So what is important is to uh, compound different type of materials with the highest recycled or biosourced content. But when you do this, you increase structurally the viability of the material, which first of all, you need to assess. You need to understand what this viability is in order to be able to compensate it through the transformation process you will use. Mm -hmm. okay? And these uh, are the elements of expertise we have and we can provide to uh, the customers. The other thing is that in the automotive industry, you need huge volumes. <laughs> so you have to care about the feedstock, especially again for biosourced materials, but also for recycled materials. There will not be enough recycled materials for all. So that's one thing. Second thing is uh, you need to design your modules, your parts, your systems differently. Yeah? You, uh, they, they, they have to be very easy to assemble so that they are easy to disassemble. <laughs> yeah? You should not mix too many materials uh, to make recycling easy. One, two materials max. Mm -hmm. yeah? You um, need to think about uh, a circular economy. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can upgrade functionalities in your vehicle, not only through software, but also through hardware. Yeah? So this again is a, a different view of the automotive industry in the future. Um, maybe the business model could come closer to the housing model, yeah? where the vehicle is not losing value very quickly, <laughs> yeah? Yeah. where you maintain it, which is possible because it's much easier with electric vehicles than with ICE vehicles. Yeah? And then you can upgrade your interior, for example, uh, depending on the use cases you have. Hmm. Yeah? And having uh, recyclability as well adds value at the even at the end of life. Absolutely. Today, an uh, vehicle has no value at the end of its life, which is stupid because you have all these materials. Mm -hmm. yeah? and these materials have value. Mm -hmm. 
so we have you know to be able to recycle them to use them as much as possible you mentioned biosource materials what what are we talking about there animal waste or are we talking about uh, stuff from, what, 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 what is that non-consumable materials so I mean uh, um, uh, whatever is for the food industry mm -hmm. should not be considered but the waste related to the food industry should be considered. So okay. the corn husks, not the corn. Exactly, as an example. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but, but also uh, uh, um, cotton, for example, cotton fibers, uh, whatever, you know, you, you will have to recycle, mm -hmm. uh, can, uh, can be used. Fascinating. So one last thing before I let you go, I want, I want you to explain uh, what you're working on with X-by-wire equipment. Uh, we've heard some talk over the years, of course, about drive-by-wire and steer-by-wire, you know, steer uh, but what's happening now? You're bringing it all together? I think that um, now the technologies are mature, mm -hmm. yeah? and, uh, and you will have them in the vehicles very soon. Mm -hmm. yeah? Some you have already, especially for the accelerators. Mm -hmm. uh, the brake is the next one, and uh, the steering wheel is coming also uh, in about the same time frame. Uh, first of all, this is needed for a certain level of automated driving. Mm -hmm. yeah? uh, secondly, it allows much more flexibility from an architecture point of view. Mm -hmm. And it will allow you know, to save a lot of pipes and, uh, and, and, and different materials, uh, which are mechanical materials and mechanical links uh, we currently have. Uh, third, uh, it, um, it will be uh, um, user-friendly. Yeah, because you, you can adapt it, you can work with pressures only mm -hmm. uh, without to have a mechanical uh, path. So um, it gives a lot of new uh, design freedom also for OEMs. I'd imagine it's also quite a bit lighter. It is, it is lighter. And again, it's not using exactly the same materials. Mm -hmm. yeah? So here again, you can have recycled materials. Yeah. Uh, it's complex yeah, because you you need fail operational. You have to make sure you know that uh, the brake is uh, is really breaking. Yeah? <laughs> it's it's uh, breaking down. How do you say? Slowing down. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, the, the 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 vehicle. So you need to have alternative technologies. Mm -hmm. You have redundancies. You know, as it is the case in an airplane. Right, because there's there's inherent confidence in the physical system. I push on the brake, and it pushes the pad uh, against the wheel and it'll, or against the tire, and it'll slow it down. Um, but if it's, we've all had our our phones malfunction or our TVs not turn on when we expect them to. Yeah, but you will have noticed that um, an vehicle is more reliable than a phone. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> um, but you feel like. It's, uh, it's, it's really being mastered yeah. and so close have, to market. Again, you have redundancies. Yeah. It's ASIL D, which is the highest level in electronics uh, for safety. And with, on the top of that, fail operational, it's what I said. Mm -hmm. So you have redundancies to just make sure that um, it will work in any case. Very exciting times. Of course, all the exciting technology that we expect from a CES. Absolutely. You know, CES is, um, is very important and we, uh, we're very glad to be back uh, this year after two years uh, of digital uh, uh, <laughs> demonstrators. Um, it's, it's a rhythm, you know, it's every year and the opportunity to show your innovations and I think that this makes a lot of sense. It's also the opportunity to meet people, you know, to meet uh, 
our ecosystem mm-hmm. yeah, and, and not only our customers who are very uh, numerous here. So it's very good. You know, it started out, of course, as the consumer electronics show. And I mean, a vehicle is ultimately a consumer product. But this is sort of, in a lot of ways, it's become the ultimate B2B show, certainly within automotive. Absolutely. So we've decided, as an example, that um, we will no more participate to the other automotive shows. Mm. Yeah? Uh, Paris, uh, Frankfurt, uh, mm-hmm. Detroit, and so on. Yeah? We are concentrated on CES. There you have it. Patrick Kohler, CEO of Forvia, thank you so much for joining me today on Daily Drive. Thank you. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on innovation and technology, updates from CES, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for my conversations with Michigan Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist and Philip Kampshoff of McKinsey & Company. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.